Even though my whole world was changed, there was still so much more left. I can do anything an able-bodied person can do. I'll just do it my way. It doesn't matter what, what it is, you will get to where you want to get to and you will be happy again. Hello and welcome to Life Rolls On, a podcast series where you hear stories from people living well after a life-altering injury. This podcast is powered by Hire, a disability support platform connecting people like me with top-notch support workers. I'm your host, Steve Rao, someone who's been navigating a life-changing disability since my spinal cord injury five years ago. In this episode, I'm chatting with Kate Nipperus. Kate was a professional race-winning jockey when, in 2016, a track work accident resulted in a spinal cord injury. After a lot of work, incredibly, Kate's now back riding horses with her eyes on competing at the 2024 Paralympics in Paris. Yeah, so I'm riding three days a week, um, looking for a horse to buy. It's harder when you're in a wheelchair, obviously, because you need a horse that's pretty much 100% safe and they're hard to find because they're horses. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. It's not like uh, test driving a car. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they've got a bit of personality <laughs> to them. I first met Kate in hospital while both of us were recovering from spinal cord injuries. We both have the same injury, but it's super different in a lot of yeah. ways. Like I'm super high up and like my neck, like C4, 5, whereas what you're like T something, is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm T10, which is around yeah. belly button level. Um, yeah. And I have what's called an incomplete injury. So I still have almost full feeling below my injury and a little bit of movement. Not enough yeah. to be that useful, but um, a little yeah. bit of movement still yeah yeah so I guess that's how we got to know each other and also knew each other with a bit of wheelchair rugby stuff we did kind of play, a bit of training together yes. with that which was fun wheelchair rugby was really the turning point for me yeah after cool. I got injured when I first started so I always try to encourage other people to go there even if you're not going to be a really serious player it's just meeting other people that have mm. gone through what you've gone through and some mm. of them are maybe 10 years down the track so yeah. they can really give you a lot of insight into how they've managed to just get on with their lives and not even worry about the injury anymore. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it definitely puts you in a new mindset. I reckon like I felt the same yeah. thing. Kind of you go Absolutely. there and you'll, and anybody else who has ever seen me try to do this will, would also say, absolutely useless and just <laughs> absolutely best placed on the bench uh, for any game. But it was just like fun to, you know, get around everybody and like just being a team competitive thing and to push yourself physically um in an environment where it's kind of you know everybody just kind of gets up like you said everyone's just getting on with things and it's not and you get like, treated normally like what I liked about yeah. it was being in horse racing most of my adult life you get treated pretty harshly like they have high expectations of you and you have trainers yelling at you all the time and then yeah. after I got injured I felt as though I was, everyone was wrapping me up in cotton wool and I didn't like that. And then I got to rugby and they don't care that you're in a wheelchair because everyone's in one. They still yell at yeah, you. Yeah. They still yeah. expect a lot of you. And I like that. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people do like that. Young people, especially blokes, they like being treated like a young guy again and having definitely. people expect a certain standard of them. It's really good for you. Yeah, yeah. Definitely good for the mentality. Um, it is. Because I remember, yeah, I think it was like the first day I was there. Um, someone came and just put a giant hit on me and knocked me on my back and just smashed me <laughs> onto the ground. And I was just like, all right, yep, right, welcome to the team here. We're on. Like, But it was like you said, it's just like, it's fun. It's like, that's no different to anybody else. Like, you know, playing a bit of sport. Yeah. Like, that, that kind of just happens yeah, exactly. and it's just part of the game. So, yeah. yeah. Unlike me, Kate is actually a professional athlete. Prior to her injury, she was working at a racetrack in Sydney and competing as a jockey. 
So I grew up riding horses. I can't remember before I rode horses. I was so young. I was just turned four when I started riding. Um, My family aren't into horses, but I just loved them from the moment I could talk. It's all I could do was talk about horses and wanting to ride. So I was lucky that my parents supported that and took me to have riding lessons. And then when I was old enough, I got a pony because we lived on acreage, which was great. And um, I competed in a lot of different equestrian events. I mainly did dressage and show jumping. Yeah. And then when I became, oh, I don't know, like moving out of home age, 18, 19, I realised that it was actually quite an expensive sport when I was yeah. looking at having to fund it all myself. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had some friends that were in horse racing and I realised I could get paid to ride horses rather than paying out all of my wages to own them. Yeah, cool. So I went to the racetrack and learned how to ride them, which was a lot different to the riding I'd been doing. Yeah. Horses are a whole different ball game. But eventually I stuck with it. I got bolted on and thrown off a lot, but I stuck with it. And um, I just loved it. I loved it more than any other riding I'd done. And, Amazing. Um, I spent some time in Scone um, when I was a jockey. I was an apprentice oh, yeah. for a few years. I went down to Tasmania for a while. But I was mainly based at Warwick Farm. Yeah. I uh, wrote a lot of track work there. Uh, worked at a big uh, breaking in property where I was foreman for a year or so, which was really good That's to cool. learn that side of it. And then in 2016, I was galloping a horse at track work and somebody else had fallen off their horse on the track and it was galloping the wrong way around uh. the track. And there's an alarm that goes off when there's a loose horse. So I heard that and looked around for the horse and I couldn't see it. You're going that quickly. You know, you're going over mm. 60 k's an hour when you're galloping. Wow, and yeah. then suddenly I woke up on the ground and we'd apparently had a head-on collision around Jeez. the bend of the track. Of the track. And um, yeah, I broke yeah, T10 where I have the spinal cord injury, mm. but I also broke C7 in my neck. I broke most of my ribs, my shoulder, both of my lungs collapsed and Jeez. I was knocked out and concussed. Holy Yeah, moly. so it was, I was lucky. I could have been really hurt. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So did you, so you were like fully knocked out and then woke up on the track yeah. or woke up later? No, I woke up on the track and was really confused and angry because people were holding me down. When it's just ingrained in you as a horse rider, mm. when you fall off, you jump straight up and get back on. Right. And you yeah, just, yeah, you yeah. want to do that and you want to yeah. jump up to prove to yourself that you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there were these big trainers on you holding me down. I was getting so angry at them. And then Jeez. I don't know how long it was, a couple of minutes or so. And then the pain kicked in. Yeah. The adrenaline, you know, adrenaline's the best painkiller there is. But once that yeah. wore off a bit, the pain was the most excruciating I'd ever felt. Oh was my just God. out of this world. And um, then the Ambos gave me something after a few minutes and I don't remember the next eight hours. Yeah. And they took me to the local hospital to make sure that I was stable and then took me to North Shore and operated on me and I didn't go back home for another nine months. Jeez. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so did you realise the um, the impact of that injury like straight away, like when you woke no. up that first time or you were just like, what's going on? Like, get off me. Let me get back up. Yeah. It didn't occur to me. A lot of friends that are in wheelchairs have said to me, I knew straight away. Mm. And yet I feel really ignorant now, but I didn't really 
know about spinal cord injuries. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really think about how they happen, despite being in one of the most dangerous jobs in the country mm. where a lot of people have had spinal cord injuries, but no one I knew personally had had one. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I didn't really know that that could happen. I was waiting to meet the doctor that was going to fix me. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I can't move my legs. Like, what are you going to do to fix me? And over time, I realized that no one was really saying anything. But then after the surgery, the surgeon told my family that I had a 50-50 chance of walking again because my injury is incomplete. Mm, okay. Um, and the nature of its incompleteness Mm-mm. was um, giving me some chance to walk yep. again. And I thought that I had to walk again to ride again. And that was my main priority. So I just yeah. became obsessed with walking again. So, and yeah, over time, like... I, I did walk again, but um, mm. not well enough to ride racehorses mm. um it was pretty sketchy walking it's quite dangerous like I need a walking frame to yeah. make sure I fall over but um yeah that's what I just threw myself into just the rehab yeah. and, and trying to walk again for a few years and I reckon it's just grappling hey like with just how much do you strive for physical recovery and like when do you kind of transition that from like okay how do I shift to like okay this has happened and you know let's just do something with what we've got kind of and just move forward as well again. Yeah, um, you, you think that you need to walk to mm. be happy. And now yeah. that I, I have a job where I help people that have just been injured because I, I struggled a lot the first few years, I was extremely depressed mm. and I didn't want anyone else to feel as bad as I did for as long as I did. So I work in peer support now, the skier, yeah. helping people. And I say to them, before you got injured was when you woke up in the morning was the reason that you got out of bed and the reason you had fulfillment and happiness in your life because you could move your legs to get from A to B. That's not what made you happy. It's just when you lose it, it's such a shock and you think you need that to be happy again. But that wasn't what made you happy. It was whatever it is for each individual person, their kids or their passion and their job and what they love doing and their friends or what they like, where they like to go on the weekends or a sport that they've thrown themselves into. They're the things that bring you happiness and fulfillment. It's not whether you walk to get there and do those things or not, but it takes a while to get your head around that. For sure. For sure. Exactly. It's like, it's just finding a way to adapt to do the same things that you love to do before, but like being able to yeah. do it in a slightly different way or like it might look a different way, but it's you're still going to be able to do the same things you were doing that make you happy. One of the guys at wheelchair rugby said to me, I can do anything that an able-bodied person can do, but I just do it in a different way and it might take me a bit longer. Yeah. Great way to he put said, it. I can I do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it is a great way to put it because now I yeah. think that I can do anything an able-bodied person can do I'll just do it my way recently I was looking at an apartment that's on the sixth Mm. floor at an open home and while we were all in there viewing it the lift broke and the other people went to go and they came back and said the lift is broken well we'll just go down the fire stairs and I thought well I can't go down the fire stairs and the real estate agent really wasn't that concerned for me and it was a Saturday so I thought our chances of someone coming out to fix it are pretty slim yeah and the agent left and said I've made a phone call to building management someone will come and fix it and I thought that's pretty unlikely so I waited for about half an hour and I heard nothing and then I opened the door to the fire stairs and I thought I can get down here 
And I got out of my wheelchair onto the floor and I transferred down six flights of five stairs. Wow. Oh, my God. Like I was pretty puffed out afterwards, but because I managed to keep fit. Amazing. Yeah. Like I could still do that. I just did it in a different way. Like if you really want to do things, yeah, not everybody can, still... can necessarily do that based on their injury, but within, you know, everyone's capabilities, yeah, there are ways that ways. you can do things. You could have got yeah. someone to piggyback you down there or you just got to think outside the square. Yeah, get you creative. Know? Yeah, It was empowering after I'd done it because I thought yeah. if I'm ever in a situation where there's a fire or something, at least I know that I can do that if I really have to. I yeah. would want to do it on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, not the, not the go-to uh, way to get out, but it can be done no. in, a cr- <laughs> in a crunch time. It's, it's all good. Yes. To your point of like everybody kind of might treat you differently or thinks that you can't do things is that something that you wish people knew about life after a spinal injury like are there other things that come to mind that you wish people knew i think for i think the best way to try and bring change for that is just by educating the general public because some of them are people who will have spinal cord injuries in the future and we yeah. just need to normalise it a bit by having people that are in wheelchairs in daily life, like a newsreader or a character in a show, just have people yeah. that are in a wheelchair when it's not about them being in the wheelchair. They're just yeah. another person on the show or another person that works for that television station. You know, exactly. like there, there isn't much of that, which when it happens to someone, it makes them scared because they've never seen anybody doing and living a normal life and doing normal things who's in a wheelchair. Exactly. What, yeah. what bothered me the most was people, I was worried about people pitying me Yeah. and feeling sorry for me. And then one, yeah, one of the other guys at rugby said, do you feel sorry for me? And I sort of laughed at him. I was like, as if I feel yeah. sorry for you. You're a yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, well, why don't you feel sorry for me? I'm a quadriplegic. I have a worse injury than you why don't you pity me? And I said, I, I don't really know. He said, it's because I can do anything. I put most able-bodied people to shame with what yeah. I can do. He said, I'm a weapon. Yeah. You can be a weapon. He said, you're only a para. You can do anything. Be a weapon. Have people look at you and be amazed rather than feel sorry for you. Yeah, that's And awesome. that's what I've aimed to do now. No one would pity me because I do stuff like transfer down six flights of five steps. Exactly, exactly. That's so sick. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so you're thinking of um, Paralympics, right? You've got the vision to get to, yeah. to that next, next, next yeah, goal. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm back uh, riding horses. I'm doing dressage again, which I did before I started being a jockey. And um, I'm training with the Australian Paralympic coach. Cool. I'm training three days a week up here in Sydney as well. And uh, we're on the hunt for the right horse. So I'm just using a borrowed horse at the moment. But cool. the aim is Paris 2024, which is in August next year. So it's not not that long, but I'm I'm pretty determined and dedicated to trying to qualify. I mean, it's it's not easy. There are a lot of very accomplished riders trying to do the same thing. All from Australia, like other that... Aussie other, other Aussie riders. Yeah, yeah. So there are only cool. limited limited Slots. people that are selected, but okay. I'm going to do everything I can to try and be one of them. Racing New South Wales have been really supportive of me and sponsored me, which oh, wow. is helping, awesome. helping significantly because it's not a cheap 
sport and it's not yeah. cheap to campaign for a games. So yeah, they're, yeah, um, for they're, sure. They're amazing. The racing industry so really good. look after their own. They're great. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Uh just want to do a quick shout out. You're the biggest legend ever because when I was like <laughs> freshly injured, you did this massive fundraiser for me. And oh, because the NDIS right. knocked back, yeah, knocked back all my applications to get, which was a bit of a, you know, sorry to poo-poo the NDIS here, but that was pretty rough. Yeah, I got knocked back for a standing frame and I was like, this yeah. is crazy. It's so many benefits to your health to stand like for anybody, but yeah, after injury, I remember so, so you, important. you telling me that in the gym at Mount Wilga. Yeah. And then after you went, you left, I've, I was thinking, because I was injured at work, so I'm insured by Racing New South Wales, mm. who were really, really good. And after you left, I thought, if I needed that, they would just get it for me. How unfair mm. is it that just because of where we got injured, we have different, we have access to such different things? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just because you weren't injured at work, why does that mean that you don't deserve to just get what you need straight away? Like yeah, I do. Yeah. So I just thought I wanted to do something to help yeah. you. I mean, I couldn't so, change the rules yeah. that NDIS had, but I could still try and help you get it. And we, yeah. we raised the money, didn't we? And we got it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good. Yeah. And I still use that. I used it yesterday. Cool? Back. So yeah, there you go. Three days That's a week, so that good. thing gets a, gets a bit of a workout. So Awesome. That was just yeah the nicest thing ever, and yeah. I so forgot I think, about yeah. it. <laughs> oh, I I think about it like every time I use it, I'm like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> I was kind of think about it. So yeah, it was That's so right. sick. Um, That's right. Yeah, so I just wanted to good. yeah shout out how that was kind of how we got to know each other as well. We spoke about like rugby foot was kind of like one of the turning points that sort of was like yeah oh yeah I can get back out and do things again. Um, that kind of helped us both to 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 kind of like think a bit differently about stuff. Um, was yeah. there anything else that you? would um, recommend for people like if they're maybe you've just had an injury or they're listening to this and thinking like they're they're in that state beforehand like is there anything like that or anything else that you'd suggest for them to kind of well with rugby I mean sport isn't necessarily everybody's cup of tea but the, the main thing as we said that helped me with rugby was being around people who had been through what I'd gone through but years before me so people that have found a way forward and people that are like you but have suffered an injury are really important to be around. Don't yeah. not associate with anyone else in wheelchairs. Yeah. Um, some people do that at first because it kind of makes it real mm, and true. they just want to isolate themselves and not really, well, I was one of them, not, not really face it. If you're seeing other people in wheelchairs, it, it makes it real. But um, yeah. just, just try. I mean, it's, it's a monumental thing to happen to you. And it's, it takes time to adjust to it, but you just have to try to not think of it as such a, such a big deal. It's just yeah. the way that you get around. Exactly. And you, you can accomplish anything if you really want to do it. Like that guy said to me, you might have to do it in a different way. It might take longer, but mm. just because things might be harder, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't still try and do them. Everything exactly. is harder for us. Like daily life, basic tasks take longer and they're harder and it's a bit more tiring. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try and accomplish something great. You can still accomplish so many incredible things and, and you should. Don't let it yeah. stop you from living a fantastic life. I have a fantastic life now. Even if it's just little things, like if you want to go down to the park with your kids and you're, you're upset because you can't run around and play with your kids, you can still play with them. You can still go down there and be with them. Just yep. find a way to do the things that make you happy. They don't have to be 
massive things like going to the Paralympics, but the things that give you purpose and give you a reason to get up in the morning, find a way yeah. to still do them. Ask yeah. people to help you. If you need someone to come with you, people want to help you. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And over time, you may not need help to yeah, do those exactly. things. But just exactly. get out of the house and and gradually ease yourself back into doing the things that make you happy. And the yeah. more you're doing things that make you happy, the less you'll think about the wheelchair. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it becomes just a way that you're doing it. It's nothing. It's not. It's not yeah. part of what you're doing. It's, yeah, it's, it's just how you do it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like you said, I think all that stuff such a slow burn. Like you've got to give yourself time to like, you know, be okay with doing all that stuff as well. Like it's not going to happen overnight. At least it didn't for me as well. Like it took yeah, a long time to be like, okay, to kind of be like, all right, I'm going to try doing this in a different way. Or like, like, you know, even going back I to driving terrified. took me ages. I was like, how am I going to get out and do this again? But, you know, you eventually just kind of get out and do it and like find a way. I was so, terrified yeah. to do anything. Like, like you, I took a long time to drive, um, a long time to leave the house for any reason other than physio or a medical yeah. appointment but I wish I hadn't taken that long because there's like every day is a, a, a gift so try yeah. not to waste too long being scared like the world's still out there for you to enjoy and people want to see you go and see your friends like just yeah keep doing the things you did before yeah yeah that's awesome and um mm. just talking about like physio and stuff I was going to yeah. ask, like, did you have a point where you were like, all right, I need to stop rehabbing just for the sake of rehab and like yep. train for something like, was there like a point where you were like, okay, enough of this, just repetition of, of the same thing and, yeah. you know, apply that to something else? Because I kind of was yeah, struggling with that um, at first. For me, it was when I started uh, training three or four days a week in rugby. Yeah. Um, I realized I didn't need to be doing rehab sort of physio anymore and then once I stopped doing it I realized it was actually good for me mentally to stop you, you need to get to a point where you stop and just you know exercise in in a recreational way like do something fun for your exercise or just do a workout routine at home or at the gym um, because you're sort of stopping yourself from moving forward if mm. you just keep going to rehab for years and years and years you're yeah, in yeah. that that same headspace as you were when you left hospital yeah and yeah. you don't need to keep doing that like get on with life and find other ways to to keep fit yeah. and like I said maybe do your, your exercises at home get a physio yeah. come at home and you don't need to go in as an outpatient from a spinal cord injury because you've, you've passed that now yeah you, you yeah. haven't just acquired a spinal cord injury so you don't exactly. need to keep focusing on that yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, just to kind of keep things fresh as well and just to change, yeah. change it up and keep like progressing forward and thinking a bit differently about like, how can I get back to life again, as opposed to like in hospital mode and just that, because I think yeah. the place obviously for that, like where you learn a lot of the skills and like techniques to do things, I guess. And there's a lot of things yeah. I still wish, you know, that I will be able to do one day or I like, kind of still work towards. So as long as I guess you've yeah. got goals and you're like kind of mindful about why you're doing things that's that's probably an important thing is like you know what are you working towards like why why is what's yeah. the point of this exercise or this thing because yeah that's that's where it kind of will keep you kind of coming back and keep you with a healthy relationship with exercise and stuff i guess it's just finding a why for for the exercise not just like mindlessly 
like doing it because that's what I did in hospital kind of thing. And just, I guess, snapping out of that like mentality of something I do every day. I mean, a lot of people go for a walk every day, just outside because it's good for you get out in the sun. Um, I have two little dogs who are just my whole world. And um, one of my goals was to be able to walk them again by myself, which eventually I've been able to do. So every day I take them out and it's good having something like that where you have to go out each day because some days I just don't feel like going out just like an able-bodied person you know and you think yeah had a bit of a rough day I can't really be bothered work was hard yeah you get home and then the dogs look at me and I think I've got to take them out and once I've been outside in the sunshine and it's exercise it's just going for a push instead of going for a walk or a jog exactly so I I do that every day and I find that's just incidental exercise so stuff exactly. like that's good. If you think I used to enjoy walking along the water, well, go in your wheelchair along the water. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You still do it. So true, so true. Hmm. And, yeah, I think dogs are, like, because I was just a bit of a side thing, but, like, us <laughs> um, dog sitting for a mate last year for about yeah. six weeks, and it was just, like, the best thing ever. It was so good because I was just like, oh, man, like, it does make you, like, give you that extra motivation to get out and do something. Like, like you just got to, like something's you said, relying on and go you. and they- do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They rely on you. You have to do it. You have to get up in the morning and look after them and take them outside. And yeah, it's it's, they're very therapeutic dogs. Yeah, yeah, they are very good for you. And they're company that that doesn't demand any questions, any answers to questions or anything. They're just there. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) They're great. They were great when I first got out of hospital, just having the company of my dogs on the bad days when you don't want to talk to anybody. Did you yeah. already have your dogs before your injury or was like, did yes. you get them after? Yeah, yeah, I did. And they used to come into the hospital and oh, visit that's awesome. me. Um, so yeah, good. they were very, very important in my recovery. And it was a motivation too for me. I guess, you know, people that have kids, that's their motivation to get yeah. home. And mine was I wanted to get home to my dogs when I'd go yeah, home yeah, on, yeah. on visits on the weekend and see them and then have to leave again. Like oh. I made me work hard to get home to be with them again because they didn't understand why I wasn't there. So, yeah, um, yeah they, it was a yeah. good motivation to get home. <laughs> yeah, good push to be like, all right, get me out of here. Get me back home. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Wow, what a legend. Since our chat, Kate has bought her own racehorse in Melbourne where she's now moved to continue her training with a Paralympics coach. Kate mentioned that she's working in a peer support role with SCIA which is an organization called Spinal Cord Injuries Australia. She highly recommends their online resource hub, which you can find linked in the show notes. If you're at home now with a spinal cord injury, you don't have the benefit of asking, you know, your physio, your OT questions. In our resource hub, we've got information on all sorts of things like traveling, if you're wondering about how you could go on a holiday, um, driving techniques of getting in and out of your car, different transfers. There are so many things on there that you can you can just look up. Thank you to Kate for this really insightful chat. And here's hoping we can see her competing at the games in Paris next year. Life Rolls On is hosted by me, Steve Ralph, and produced by Melanie Dimmitt. The podcast is powered by Higher Up, a disability support platform connecting people like me with top-notch support workers. Thanks for listening and catch you soon for the next episode of Life Rolls On. <laughs>